For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. What a show. What a show it is every week and what a show I have for you today. Uh, It's going to be a busy state of wrestling with everything that's going on. I mean, primarily in WWE, NXT, but also, you know, maybe we'll touch on the the global wrestling force versus TNA battle, the AAA pay-per-view that was on over the weekend. So much going on in the world of wrestling. I'm going to have, hopefully, something that you'll all be able to be a part of SummerSlam weekend. I can't tell you what it is yet. It's not confirmed, confirmed. If, it's, if it doesn't happen, I guess I'll come on next week and say, you remember that thing I was teasing? That's not happening. But, assuming it will be confirmed, just uh, just keep paying attention to the podcast and to Twitter, at NotSam, uh, and keep those things open. Speaking of at NotSam, if you were looking uh, earlier today or yesterday, um, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I guess it could have been seven weeks ago, but uh, Katie Linendahl and I, our trip to the Performance Center that I referenced a few weeks back, finally, finally, at long last, has been documented in uh, the written word as well as video form over at uh, Men's Journal. So you can get a link. Actually, if you go to the blog section of NotSam.com, if you go to Twitter at NotSam, you go any of those places, you can find it. Of course, if you want to support the podcast specifically, get yourself a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You get a little... uh, What's the Haps t-shirt, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. You can put yourself in not Sam mode all the time. And you know it is the Divas Revolution. And I am the number one diva of podcasting. Speaking of podcasting and speaking of Katie Linendahl, she'll be here for the State of Wrestling later. But first, uh, if you you follow WWE on Twitter, you might have seen on their account that Corey Graves was on my SiriusXM show this week. Uh, Corey stopped by. He's been on the podcast before, but... A lot's happened since the first time I spoke to him. You know, the first interview we did is up on YouTube, and you can find it uh, scrolling back through episodes of this here podcast. Uh, But a lot's happened to him. Since I spoke to him, he's really become Mr. WWE Network. He's doing Culture Shock. He's doing all the pre-shows. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy, and WWE uh, is seemingly loving using him. So I wanted to make sure... Those of you who don't have SiriusXM, if you enjoy me and this podcast, you should have SiriusXM because I do a show every day, Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Sam Roberts Show. It's on Opie Radio, which is XM 103 and Sirius 206. You can listen live every day. You can call in. You can be a part of the show. You can hear it first. You can hear it as it happens. So I would recommend doing that. In the meantime, I decided to make Corey Graves a part of this week's podcast. If you missed it, Hear it now. Corey Graves, the guest on this week's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. 
And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. WWE Network star Corey Graves. Hello. Is here. Is that because your role now in WWE, Corey Graves, for those that don't know, I guess everybody, uh, the WWE has their, uh, has their developmental territory. Well, it's not anymore, but it's NXT, which everybody's talked about. You remember like a couple of months ago, I guess at this point, we did a show from Philly. It was the NXT show. Corey was an NXT wrestler on his way up to the main roster. A couple of concussions later, they let him know he was not going to be back in a wrestling ring. And now I am the WWE's answer to Guy Fieri. Yes, yes. Which I proudly embrace. <laughs> I embrace this role. I have slightly better hair. Yeah, well, yeah, and you're going to have to get a lot fatter, too. True. Yeah. I plan yeah. on it, though. There's time. Have people called you that? I, I don't think so. I, I kind of tried to call myself that for whatever reason. You're taking because, on that brand yourself. Well, when I try to explain what I do to people who aren't familiar with WWE or the network, I everyone knows that guy. <laughs> And I just basically say I'm slightly less hateable, I think, than him. I would hope so. I mean, I can't stand that guy. Yeah, but he uh, he gets he to eat a lot of great food. I have a show on the network, right? And well, he's got shows on different networks. I get. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to pigeonhole yourself and just say I'm a host. I'm not. I'm not. I am. You're a personality. I'm a personality from the WWE network. Correct. Right. Right. So Corey now uh, he hosts all the pre shows for pay per views and Monday Night Raw, and your big thing is your show on the network. That's right. My own culture show, shock. Culture shock. Where you just get to go around and do whatever you want and convince somebody to send a camera with you and then they pay for your trip. That's essentially what it That's is. I come up with ideas that I would like to check out or explore and generally speaking, I get to do it. I can't even believe that they let you be like a, a commentary guy, or like a, a, a broadcaster for WWE because they normally – I mean, Todd Pettengale was a broadcaster for WWE. Like they, they have a thing where it's 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 just fit the suit, comb your hair, look good, and let the wrestlers get the attention. Are you implying that I don't look good in a suit, Sam? What I'm saying is, you show up. You got all kinds of plaids and colors, and and you and very outlandish with your attire. And you've got neck tattoos coming out of the collar of your shirt. Like you're not the traditional. Sportscaster. I'm breaking the mold. Yeah, and you can you can blame or give credit to my wife. She generally dresses me, so she does. Know, yeah, oh. I mean not physically. I mean, she picks out the clothing, and then I, you just put them on. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I thought that you had like a, a strong fashion sense. No, if you look, I'm wearing a white t-shirt and jeans right now because, <laughs> because I had to not... dress myself today. <laughs> right. She picked out one outfit, and that's for tonight. That's right. That's for the pre-show. For the pre-show, I have to look good on pre-show. So, what have you? Uh, what, was there any? fear on your end that you're like i don't like look like the traditional broadcaster before they let me in i was a little bit apprehensive i guess i didn't because like you said i didn't really fit the mold but yeah i I mean historically they've been kind of big on their molds like they have a thing that this is what we like and this is what we do but we're a progressive company right we're we're stepping into the new generation and i actually had a lot of a a pretty cool support system behind me um some people you might not expect i mean michael cole who is traditional broadcasting guy. guy He's been behind me 100% the whole way, you know, and uh, so I got the opportunity, and I, I kind of just made the best of it. Well, they're smart to do it. I wish SiriusXM was as progressive as WWE. I've gotten turned down for gigs here before <laughs> I had this show because apparently my voice didn't sound right. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, mean, I don't either. A, you have a distinct voice. I thought that was the point for radio. Number one, I have a distinct voice. People remember it. Number two, what about the content, okay? The stuff that I'm saying is so important. Gold. Thank you. Corey Graves understands. I get it. That's because we're progressive people. That's right. That's you why know? we're friends. That's it. That's exactly right. So what have you uh what have you gotten to do with uh with with 
Culture Shock? Culture Shock that, that you've enjoyed. I have been doing so much cool stuff with Culture Shock. We actually have a whole bunch of episodes that are kind of being edited and put together. Um, I was in Montana a few weeks ago for the Testicle Festival. What is that? It's basically a very underwhelming biker rally in the middle of Montana. I expected more. I, I kind of thought there was going to be like this charming small town experience where the whole town just came together to celebrate the eating of bull testicles. Oh. However. I thought it was just all just dudes. Just no, celebrating no, dudes. Yeah, no, just, I mean, there, there is, there is some celebration of, of dudes. Like, yeah, we are guys. Yeah, I thought maybe that was the case. It was just kind of, um, I don't know, a lot of bikers and eating bull testicles. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? Nutfest 2015. Is that a, is that totally a real thing? Different, totally oh, different event. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also in Montana. Yeah. yeah. There's not it's much the to do after. there. But it was cool. I mean, the people were nice. I, I think we got some uh, some cool stuff. I mean, it's a it's a short show, so it's not hard to fill the, the time, but I think we'll make the best of it. Yeah. And um, yesterday, I was in Baltimore, Maryland at BronyCon. I know what a brony is. Do you? Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grown man who enjoys My Little Pony. And before... Uh, I say anything bad about the bronies, they would probably remind me that I am a grown man who goes home and watches professional wrestling. Exactly. So you can't, you can't, you know, everybody's, I guess, going to have their hobbies. I wish, I wish I was like a manly man that just ate food, hung out in the gym and fucked women. And, <laughs> and that was me. And then I could make fun of all this stuff. But it can't because it's not me. It's not you know, what I do. I, I had my, my preconceived notions shattered yesterday. I will say that. Really? I am, I am. Uh, I, I could almost consider myself a bit of an advocate for the brony scene as now, of yesterday. As yes. of yesterday, I is can't it, give too much away because obviously I want you to watch my show only on WWE Network. See what I did there? I, that's I why do. they let me do media. They're gonna love it. Yeah. Um, Plus, you already called them progressive. That's yeah, why Michael Cole likes you that's so right. much. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a good company guy. Yeah. Um, no, but I I too expected this kind of perverse, weird world of grown men dressed up in pony costumes, which I was not disappointed to that point because that did happen. Is it sexual? Like, is it like the furries? No. See, Have you been was, to a furry convention no, with the show? No, that's, that's my holy grail for culture, for culture shock. <laughs> I actually, we requested the, the Anthrocon in Pittsburgh, which is my hometown. And what is Anthrocon? It's the biggest furry convention in the world. <laughs> and I grew up in Pittsburgh, and every year for a weekend, the furries just take over the city. And it's, I don't know anything about it other than they're adults in costumes that act like animals it's very strange and uh -huh. very curious that someday will be hopefully on culture shock knock on wood i think that the brony experience may act as as kind of a <laughs> breaking the barrier sure because i expected a weird perverse scene and not to say that there wasn't a few questionable characters and and i'm sure there was some really weird stuff going on yeah, i'm sure friendship isn't the only thing that's magical right 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 but all in all um i i if I were to have to describe BronyCon, mm -hmm. do you remember the the No Rain video by Blind Melon? Yeah, of course, with the little the, girl in the, the bee bumblebee. Outfit. Yeah, yeah, the bumblebee girl. BronyCon is the end scene of the music video where all of the bumblebees are just together and happy. Huh. So it's a bunch of guys, and they're probably getting bullied for for liking My Little Pony, right? And unfairly, right? And they get to come together. They all have this common interest. They all have this thing that they're all obsessed with, and Everybody's just happy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like there's a lot of, you know, socially awkward kind of people sure. and people into whatever. And, and again, don't get me wrong. There's some strange stuff that went down. And, and I mean, we'll show that in the show. There's some really unique people that we met. However, like spending an entire day there, I was, I was like really just blown away by how 
it was just a very accepting, very yeah. like positive place. Do you get welcomed in when you come I in with a TV am- camera and stuff? I was amazed at how many bronies knew who I was. Really? There's a crossover, the wrestling and the bronies. There is audience. a crossover. There is a case. I don't know if that's a... It's not really surprising. I, mean, I guess not. At the end of the day, you know, you want to be like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, there's probably more uh, bronies that watch than UFC fans. Like, right. there's probably a bigger crossover right. with the bronies. Right. Than, yeah. So, wow. And so, so you come in with the camera. What kind of? Tell me one like weirdo that was there. You can give me a, like a little bit. I'm trying to think. I'm, I, there, like I said, like, there was so much going on. What's something that might get edited out of the show? Because, of course, you know, the WWE Network, is, it's not. See, that's the thing. I don't know that there was anything that overtly weird that we would have to edit it out. I mean, there were there was a man in a, a dragon costume. That's mm-hmm. what he referred to as. And it wasn't a full, like, head costume. It was more like a, a suit of armor kind of deal that sort of looked like a dragon with a big tail that hung. And I got the impression that he's worn that before without clothes. <laughs> he, at, the, at the time, he was fully clothed, but I was right. like, I have a feeling that guy has definitely worn that costume before. But that said, I mean, there, there was, there, it, there were some really insane costumes. Like these people go all out, and they were like really into it. Well, I mean, it, it's Brony Fest, I guess. But um, yeah, I can proudly say that I am, I am an advocate for the Bronies. Did you get? Are you just a friend of the community? Or yeah, did you yeah. Get- no, I'm not a. I, I don't consider myself a Brony. I still. There was like an an ending ceremony for the weekend, and, <laughs> of and they had this. And there was there was one of the voice actresses. She came on and she did the voice, I guess, of a little little boy pony that she voices, uh-huh. and she kind of slipped into the voice on stage. And people lost their minds. There were grown men like ready to weep at the fact that this woman on stage was talking like whatever pony she was. I and guess I went, that that's probably like when when like Mick Foley does his comedy shows and then he slips into mankind voice. You go, oh my god, it's mankind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But I, I, these these were these were a lot of adults. And again, there were a lot of kids, a lot of families. It wasn't like this totally weird scene. But when you saw a lot of grown men just really emotionally touched by. Uh, by her doing this voice. It right, was, like it wasn't like, this is great for my kid. It was like, this is great for me. I'm in my 30s. Yeah, yeah. And I, I that, that was kind of when I, I slipped back into reality because I was in the in the scene for the whole day and I was like, you know what, man? This isn't so bad. I get yeah. this. I understand all these people. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, everyone was wrong. And then that last thing happened. I went, okay, this is still kind of weird. That's one step. But one I step accept too it. Far. Right. I'm, I'm into whatever you, you need to do as a brony. I support it. But yeah. it's still not my scene. Yeah. And so is that, is that, is that the gist of the show now or are you just now figuring okay i got a goal mine in all these conventions i'm just gonna start looking online for bizarre conventions and try to go to all of them i mean that kind of happens yeah i mean my <laughs> yeah. producers my producers actually came up with the idea for this they said hey would you want to go and i said yes of course i would um that when when we started the show we never were given any real guidelines as to what it was supposed to be right and just said hey here's your show and which is the best way to do it because then you get to build it and then once it becomes a thing it's like this is what we do now right but we're still not entirely sure what we do we just kind of <laughs> check stuff out and try well, to you're make not at that, that, that <laughs> part yeah you're still at the i don't know nobody's paying attention so we could do whatever we want yeah, pretty that's much. what this show's at all right nobody's paying attention right so on. i do whatever i want like right on. you know that's why when you know your publicist reaches out to me <laughs> And says, hey, you know, can Corey, yeah, of course. Of course, Corey, Corey could just reach out to me himself, but I guess he's big time I now. have my own show now. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Guy Fieri wouldn't just call you, right? No, he wouldn't. Guy Fieri's been informed. Not First of all, I call him Guy Fieri. I don't know how to say it. You it, notice I've said it different ways he likes time. He likes to do it your way. Oh, okay. But it's America. It's Fieri. Okay, fair and enough. And second of all, you know it's better than to call me. Like, we, we do not have a great history, him and I. <laughs> 
I don't know if you know about that. No, please. Explain. You don't know that Guy Fieri and me are enemies? No. Oh, I thought that's why you no, came no, no, in no. here. No, what I had it? no idea. This was completely coincidental. Yeah, well, he's he's one of my... I have two big celebrity feuds, and he's one of them. Really? Yeah. When I was doing Opie's show, it was Opie and Anthony at the time, he came in to cook. And he was being, you know, hey, hey guys, it's Gaffieri. Yeah, rock and roll. Bye, and we, bye. we all know you only eat Wendy's, so that's you it. were already disinterested. That's it, cause I, yeah, I don't care. Like, unless you're, you know, going to deep fry some chicken tenders, whatever, let's just get the segment done. And they go, oh, you know, Sam, do you want some of the steak that Guy Fieri's cooking? I was like, and I said at that point, I've been here for enough years that everybody knows what's going to happen right now. So I literally said, I will go eat the steak and gag on it if that's what you want me to do. And they said, yeah, that's what we want you to do. So I went and did that. Well, no problem with that, of course. You know, be a good sport. Then, but we we explained to Guy Fieri my whole story of, no, Sam only eats weird things, and he doesn't drink. Guy Fieri's like, you don't drink, so he knows. I go, no, I, I don't drink at all, nothing. He, I mean, beverages, water, soft <laughs> drinks, but, you know, alcoholic-wise, no. And so Guy Fieri, he's like, you know, he watches me gag. Everybody has a good laugh. I'm in on the laugh. It's all good. Then Guy Fieri's like, oh, you want some water? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, okay, open your mouth. And he takes this bottle that he's been cooking with. And he squirts it in my mouth. Like at a hibachi restaurant? Like that sort of squirt I, bottle I thing? I guess so, yeah, okay. pretty much. And like my mouth, start, I start to feel like a burning sensation. And I was like, that's not water. That would be cooking vodka. Good. That he sprayed in my mouth. What do you mean good? He was just trying to, he was just trying to, to expand your horizon. But how does he know? How does he know? Maybe I've got, I mean, I don't, but maybe I have a, a, a dark history with alcohol, right? Maybe, who knows? Who knows what reason I could have? Because I, I didn't tell him. I get him, that. I mean, right? Okay. So I started thinking about it. At first, I was like, oh, he got me. But then, you know, sometimes my mind keeps moving and moving and moving. And I started thinking to myself, what a fucking asshole that guy is. Like, he, that was a dickhead move. You thought he was out to destroy you. Yeah, I was like. And take everything you like, had built. He's going to come in my house. And think that he can impress that, that you know, Opie and Anthony are going to think he's cool because he's going to humiliate me and do something that maybe I'm morally against for whatever reason. He doesn't know, you know, me from a hole in the wall. And so I started going on the air and just really shitting on him a lot. All right. Well, then I I, a lot. I will stop comparing myself to him <laughs> just to, to, you know, satiate your dislike for him. I'm, I've made him come in here and apologize to me. He has. I have not accepted every wow. time. Yeah, no, no. This is deep. I don't accept. He cuts so, yeah. you deep. Yeah, he did. He did. So if you ever get the opportunity, if Guy Fieri ever goes, uh, hey, you know, Corey Graves, I see your show on WWE Network. You like to explore things and try new things. If you ever want to come and check out, you know, one of my shitty restaurants with me, you should come. You will know that in that moment. You have come to a point in your life where you are going to pick either Guy Fieri or Sam Roberts. Oh, wow. Okay, an ultimatum has been thrown down. <laughs> I want down. you to know that that's where you'll be, and you'll have to you'll have to pick one or the other. All right. Well, I hope I don't get to that point, but in the event that I do, I will I will try to remember my roots. Try to, from. try to, try to. So where uh, where else have you gone? Oh, other man. than what, what was the convention you said before, Brony? The testicle festival, right? The testicle festival. So there, was that strictly an, an an eating thing? Well, like I, I can't really explain it because it wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't really much there. There was there was a. So you just go based on the name, yeah. Well, it, it, and then you look at your producers, like, sorry guys. I, well, it was I, kind I of thought. all of us kind of went, oh, that wasn't what we expected because there it had gotten a lot of like like publicity as far as 
Vice covered it and some, you know, some decent right. Outlets. So you're thinking, so we went, oh, maybe this is legit. Maybe we'll get, you know, get a, a inside look at this thing. And um, we got there, and it was, I mean, it was about a, a large parking lot with a lot of bikers and campers, and everyone was really cool and nice. And the event was, it was fun. We made a good day out of it, but it wasn't the uh, the charming experience that I had envisioned. Yeah, I mean, I used to have to do a lot of man-on-the-street stuff, so i go to stuff thinking, okay, I'm going to interview the people online for this. I'm going to go talk and make a good segment out of it. And sometimes you get to these things that have this sensational name, and on paper, you and your guys, you write it out, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. You get there, and you're like, there's there's nothing really going on here. No, like I said, everyone was really cool. They took good care of us, and, and we're super polite. Everyone in the state of Montana was incredible. They were <laughs> yeah. very, very friendly. Um, yeah, but, you know, sometimes that's bound to happen. We yeah. expected one thing and got a little less than that, but it was a great, great time. We'll make it work. And uh, this coming Wednesday, I believe after NXT, mm-hmm. is the Alternative Press Music Awards episode. That's got to be cool for you. Yeah, that was really cool for me just as a, as a, as a fan of music and rock yeah. and roll and being able to hang out with these guys. You know, we got to meet Rob Zombie and a lot of places. I was about like to that. say, I saw the preview clip with you interviewing Rob Zombie. Anything Rob Zombie, I immediately click on. Yeah. Not that I don't immediately click on anything Corey Graves as well. <laughs> but, yeah, anything Rob Zombie, I immediately click on. How did that go? It was awesome, man. Yeah. The, the Alternative Press people were incredible. They gave us full access to all of the bands and anybody... Anybody we wanted to talk to was really cool. Again, uh, a lot of a lot of the bands kind of blew me away that they were familiar with who I was and NXT especially. Wow. Um, you know, we have this this NXT Loud thing that we've been doing where we're kind of checking out new bands and cr- trying to you know cross promote and give some exposure to new bands. And uh, we had Motionless and White, who was one of the bands that did. They were the first NXT Loud band, and they were there, and they were just so stoked to be part of it. And a lot of these bands that that I listen to, you know, I have on my iPod. We're like, hey man, you know, we we watch your stuff on NXT, and everyone was really cool. And um, all in all, man, it was one of my favorite experiences. I guess we don't live in the era that this would apply anymore. But do you ever get worried that people are going to think that this is like, oh, this is just one of these dumb wrestling shows? I don't know why this guy's here without realizing that you're not. It's not a wrestling show. It's, no, it, and which is actually, you know, speaking of progressive, a pretty amazing thing that you're just going on and doing a show. And saying, you know, I'm going to travel around, come into my world. Do you get worried that people yeah, have, I, like, a wrestling stigma on it yeah, before kinda, you go in? To some extent, I do. Yeah. Like, especially there. I mean, I'm with bona fide rock stars. Right. You know, and I still think of myself, I grew up as just some punk rock kid who doesn't really belong here. You know, I, was, I should be there as a fan. And here I am backstage talking to all these people. Rob Zombie, I was actually starstruck, man, for the first time in a <laughs> long time. I, and I, I got to meet a lot of cool people. You yeah. know how it is. And yeah. And for but I he came into the room and I was like whoa this is really kind of crazy. Rob Zombie's one of those guys because he's such he's created such an image for himself that he's one of those guys that either he hits you or he doesn't. But if he hits you, he hits you. Like I've got his name tattooed on my arm. You may or may not know that. I did know that. Yeah, I thought you did. And I've interviewed him probably five or six times, and every time it's like, oh my god, it's Rob Zombie Day. Today's Rob Zombie Day. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't – it has never gone away. What's the uh, the Empire Records guy? Not Rex Manning Day. Oh, yeah, Rex Manning Day. <laughs> it's Rex Manning Day. <laughs> yeah. But so but but so it always goes well, though. Yeah, man. It was awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I, I saw the rough cut of the episode last week before the, the final editing has been done. I'm really excited for everybody to see that. So, Do you ever try to sit in the editing room with them since this is like your name's well, on they, it? Yeah, they, they actually let me – I mean, I'm, cool. I'm in the studio every Monday because I do the Raw pre-show. Um, so usually I'll get there a little bit early and if they need something done, voiceover work or whatever, I'll, I'll shoot down and just check it out. And they're pretty cool about giving me, you know, if I, if I feel a vibe off of something that I think would look cooler or I think is more entertaining, nine times out of 10, they'll, they'll defer to me. But luckily we're all kind of on the same page. 
Um, so either myself and all of my crew are completely out of touch or we're all kind of on, on point, <laughs> which, I mean, it seems to be working out pretty well so far. How often are you filming shows generally? Culture shock shows? Yeah. Uh, whenever something comes up. Like, we actually have, like, I think we have four or five different episodes that are basically in the can to, oh, to wow. air whenever. It's just a matter of what Finding happens stuff. because you can't really plan because these events pop up. And, I mean, there's only one weekend that there's BronyCon. So you kind of got to go. That's the weekend. So what, when it air, I mean. It, it How made, long did you spend at BronyCon? About eight hours. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like you spent the whole weekend. No, right? I didn't I, I didn't fully immerse myself in the Brony world. But I, I was you were there long enough for the big outro and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was there. I got a, I got a good taste. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. Wow. Did you think, like, when you gave up, competing in the ring you'd think you were going to give up road life like okay especially when they first brought you on because they go okay you're going to be the host of like nxt stuff that we do and at that time nxt was wwe's brand that was based pretty much only in florida so there's not that much travel now you're i travel now as much as pretty much anybody in the company oh i mean as far as i i don't have to do as much time on the road as far as long drives Mm -hmm. which i i've really appreciate you know it's a lot more flying but i mean i'm i'm gone at least three four days a week on like regular weeks and then sometimes you have you know like next week's going to be insane when because we're in we're in brooklyn for SummerSlam, right and it's going to be friday saturday sunday and luckily it's all going to be in new york but then i get home for a day here day there you know spend as much time as i can with family and then just keep going but yeah i think that's one of those things that people don't really take into account that like you know Three or four times a year, you have giant weekends that are really like five days of just event, 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 event. But then it's not like after those five days, you get to cool out for a couple of weeks. No. Like you just go back onto the schedule that already is completely extreme. Right. The one thing that's really crazy about doing the Raw pre-show that we do it at the studio. So I'll do like the kickoff panels for the, the, live, the, the pay-per-views or the specials. And whatever city that's in, I fly Monday morning back to New York. Now, granted, the guys, the rest of the crew has to travel to another city, but it's usually a, a three, four-hour drive for them. I actually have to get up in the morning and then fly you know, back across the country from wherever I'm at to New York to, to get to the studio. So that can be kind of – I hate to – I don't want to complain because it's – you know, if that's the hardest part of my job is the travel, right. <laughs> it's really not a bad gig. But, um, you know, it wears on you a little bit from yeah. time to time. Is there any, is there any way to gauge – whether you you're doing a good or a bad job like is there any like for me like i always get worried about making sure i'm doing a good enough job that they're not going to fire me right does that occur to you especially i feel though being out of the ring and now you're out of your comfort zone and like learning a new trade yeah i i think as long as i still get a paycheck i'm doing okay (laughs) that's pretty much all i have to gauge it on i try to i try to ask every other week you're just looking at the mailbox like come on let's see oh it came again all right sweet i'm doing okay um, no, I get a lot of internal feedback. I mean, I, I have, you know, 900 bosses, but they're all pretty cool and, and letting me know what we need to work on, what we need to fix. Um, and it's, it's pretty straightforward, but, um, you know, like I said, as long as I keep getting a budget and they're keeping letting me doing these shows to, yeah. to do it, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So my, my next goal is I want to expand it a little bit. I mean, I would love to, but obviously got to, got to crawl before we walk. Right. Right. Go from however long it is now, six to eight minutes to like 15. Right. To 30. Right. I don't to think I want more. Six hours. Six hours. It's, just, six it's hours. actually just my day live at BronyCon. Right. It's the whole thing. All of it. It's the whole thing. We were talking about NXT a couple minutes ago and how it was just kind of very small, Florida-based primarily. But we just found out this morning. So they're running now NXT shows. And NXT, like I said, is where you get signed to a WWE contract as a wrestler. You go to the WWE's Performance Center. Then you wrestle in NXT. 
and then they bring you up to the main roster. That's kind of the schedule that it has been. That's what they've set up now. That's the system. So NXT was like, you know, and still the TV gets filmed in front of what, 600 people? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So it's a small thing, and it's more just to kind of get your bearings about you before you move on. But they've been putting on such good shows that now not only are they traveling, but they booked the Barclays Center to do a show SummerSlam weekend, which I guess is like a week from Saturday. And just today they announced they sold out the entire Barclays the Center. The whole thing. Which was not the plan at all. Never the plan. We were actually discussing, I was talking to my publicist before the show <laughs> about how uh, we weren't sure we were, we were going to hold it at a, at a theater around Brooklyn or, or somewhere in New York or, or just a smaller venue. And they decided eventually, oh, we'll give it a shot. And But I, I had heard that it was a, like they were going to cut off like right. three quarters well, of the Well, that was the plan. Because yeah. Barclays, I guess, is convertible to you know three different sizes or whatever. And they just want to do the small venue. And then the pre-sale went nuts. And they said, okay, we'll try the second size. And that sold out like instantly. And then here we are, you know, over a week away. Yeah, over a week away now. And the thing completely sold out this morning. And so. what's the biggest show that they've done so far? Like, for NXT, it's the biggest one we've done. By we did, far. We did San Jose for, before WrestleMania, and I think we had five, about 5,000. Five, and that was like that was unheard of. You know, I was, I was talking before with, with Joe about how. Um, we used to have FCW before there was NXT. When when I got signed to Developmental, we had FCW Florida Championship Wrestling in Tampa, and this is when we had guys like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt. We're all coming. We couldn't sell a hundred tickets in Tampa. I and mean, that's to all save you our just lives. named like every main event guy, right? The right. Roman Reigns. Now. Everybody yeah. was down there on every show, and we couldn't sell a hundred seats in Tampa to save our lives. And here we are selling out the Brook the Barclays Center the night before SummerSlam. Why do you think that is? I don't know, man. Or how it's, do you think that is? It's it's just I don't know. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. I, I'm pretty sure nobody in the company expected this. Yeah, but we just decided to ride the wave. You I'm kind of worried as a guy. Like I, I felt like uh, the little NXT shows were my like indie band, right? That people hadn't really heard of yet, and it was like, yeah, this is going on under their umbrella. But I don't think anybody's watching because there's all this great stuff going on here. I'm kind of afraid that now that they've sold out thirteen thousand seats. That it's a thing. It's a thing, going and people are going to be paying attention. Yeah, and it's like now there is the potential of a lot more hands being on it. And well, and I know everyone involved with NXT from Triple H on down, all the talent, everybody, even the commentators. Right. We kind of have this little chip on our shoulder. Like, <laughs> right. look, look we what did we this. did. Look what we've done. And you know, we're going out there the night before SummerSlam. This Barclays Center event's a takeover. It's going to be live on WWE Network. So I mean, those so are people all had these... the option of watching it on TV. Right. And they still sold it out. Right. That's even bigger. It's insane. But, you know, so we, we have this this little, you know, this chip on our shoulder. We're going to try to try to steal the show. I mean, SummerSlam is going to be awesome the next night, too, but that's kind of our little well, our little corner of the universe. Do you know what you're doing yet with, with the show? This is going to be a crazy weekend. Like I said, I know Saturday morning we have an NXT panel mm-hmm. at the Barclays Center. It's going to be Triple H, I think Seth Rollins, I think Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, myself there's a handful of us on it just to kind of discuss the evolution of nxt like what i'm saying just from being one of the i think that's the only reason i'm there is i've been there longer than pretty much everybody <laughs> right and i've, you, I've yeah, actually watched the entire evolution from i remember the first time we had an nxt taping at mm-hmm. full sale it was it was like a pilot episode and now we're doing this and then saturday night is the the takeover event which will be live only on WWE Network. Same place you can find Corey Graves. Uh, that's two. That's two times. Corey keep, Graves show. Keep track for me. I'm 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 hitting this. <laughs> then um, and then I will, so I'll be doing the commentary, doing a, the pre-show. There's a, a a 
kickoff show for the takeover special. Okay, and you're doing I that. Be, I will be on that. I will be calling the live special. So you're going from the t- – why are you doing the pre-show and the show? I'm basically living at Barclays for about 72 hours. Why wouldn't they – I don't understand how you could do the pre-show and the show. The magic of television. You would either do the show or the pre-show. No, I'm doing everything. You're doing it all. Yeah. I'm, I'm Guy Fieri, man. I guess so. Yeah, so I'm doing the pre-show. I'm doing the paying you by the gig. <laughs> I should look into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'm doing the, the main show, doing the commentary, and then the next night, Sunday. That SummerSlam is night. the SummerSlam kickoff show. Yeah. And then I'm just doing the kickoff show, and then it's right. a four-hour extravaganza. <laughs> On top of the pre-show. Yes. So, so with the pre-show, five hours like five of live hours. content. I was just thinking it needed to be, be longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be a nutty. And then nutty after that, it's like, oh, got that out of my system. It's like, no, 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 it's Monday. Yeah. No, I you got a back job to Stanford. To do. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're gonna do the pre-show from Barclays because Raw is in, at Barclays again on Monday. Right. I, I mean, you already know. got all the stuff there. You're, you're there already. Why would you go to Connecticut? I mean, it's only like what a forty about forty five minute drive. Yeah, I guess. I, I go back to my little safety zone. That little little the studio. Little studio. Yeah. Man, oh man! Yeah, so it's gonna be nuts. So you got a lot, uh, a lot. Do you think about when you got gigs like that coming up? Do you think about everything that's coming up and start to cycle through, or is it just one day at a time? It's like, one day at a time. Man. I, I'm, I never know what day it is, uh, just because I have the furthest thing from a normal schedule. As long as I'm in Connecticut on Monday, that's really the only thing I have to worry about. Even having that uh, to be in the same place every week, regularly. Even that's like a luxury. Like nobody has that. In the no, wrestling no, business. it's great. I I get the luxury of staying in a hotel overnight and being able to leave my bags there. Right. That's the one thing. The guys on the road, man, they check in for six, seven hours and they pack their bags back up and get back on the road. Oh yeah, I can, because I can go and unpack and you know iron my clothes and wear them tomorrow because I'm in the same place. I it's, never even thought about that. So like even when you have a hotel. You don't have a hotel. You don't really know. No. Uh-uh. Like you're, st- you're just crashing there until you have, you have to a- drive or make a flight. Exactly. Exactly. I should stop telling you this because everyone in the company that didn't know this is going to be really <laughs> mad at me now. There are going to be guys going to be like, hey, can I switch gigs with him? Like, yeah. Like, who's this guy? Yeah. Just start knocking themselves on the head on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So, so you – yeah, so you get to wake up whenever you want on Monday – Except if you're doing like a gig like this. Yeah, I mean, I got to drive in this morning, which was cool. Yeah. I took a different route that I'd never taken because my app sent me around the world. But it was more, it was nice. There were it's trees exciting. and new new horizons. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're loving life. Yeah, man. That's Things good. are good. That's Things good. are good. That's good. Busy is good. Yeah. I go crazy when I'm not busy. You do. You know. Well, I, like, what are your hobbies outside of wrestling? I have none. You don't. No, I, I like to hang out with my kids. I uh, yeah. Well, in my off time, I'm a father. Right. <laughs> when I have a few minutes to spare, I hang out with my family. Um, yeah, I'm honestly like my free time is is few and far between. So when I'm home, I I literally like to just get hang tattoos out. and hang yeah, out with your kids. Pretty much. I just bought my son a basketball hoop, so that's kind of a, a thing that I'm into right now. There it is. I'm really bad at basketball. You but are he's pretty awesome. So I get schooled by a seven year old. Well, I was going to say your seven year old can't be that tall. No, but he's he's. Breaks my ankles. Still- they got a mean crossover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's he's pretty dangerous. Oh my gosh! Do your kids like wrestling? No, they don't. Not really. Which I, is that good for you? It's cool for me because you get to go home and yeah. not have work follow you home. Right, right. But your kids don't give you the respect that they would give you if they like wrestling. Be like, oh no, daddy's on the TV. Yeah, no, they, they, they don't even know. No, my my kids are fascinated with Roman Reigns. Oh, they like him. We're friends and yeah. and like we'll hang out families together and my kids are like when can we go to Roman Reigns house? I'm like well why? Well he's on TV. We were we were actually had my family here in New York last week and we're walking through the subway and there's a poster for SummerSlam and yeah. there's a big poster of Roman Reigns. 
And my daughter freaks out. Dad, dad, look. I'm like, yeah, he's on the wall. He, he's, he's been on our couch. And right. We go to his, it's like, what's, what are you so excited about? But I don't know. You know, nothing's ever cool when your dad, when your dad, if, if your dad was a radio host, you'd be like, yeah, radio hosts are stupid. I guess, but you, you want to say, kids, listen to me. Nobody's going to get excited about this Roman Reigns guy unless they get properly prepped to be excited. And to be prepped, you got to watch a pre-show. And you know who hosts that pre-show? This guy. This guy. Your pops. And my kids still could care less. They don't But care. hey, you know, that's life. Do they get the atypical nature of your job? Like, do they get that their dad is not like other dads? I don't think so. They don't. No, I mean, I'd go to work, and that's kind of how I got to justify it. My daughter usually has a really hard time. She's five, so uh-huh. she kind of gets real sad when I leave. But um, she's, you know, she gets over it, and she understands that I go to work so that I can come home and do cool stuff with them. So yeah. That's pretty much it. Do they get that most dads aren't all, like, tatted up? And No, you know what? I actually learned this from when I used to work in the tattoo shop. My old boss, his kids, they, it, I, I thought it was really strange, but they've never known anything but tattooed people because dad was tattooed. All of dad's friends were tattooed. So it wasn't until his daughter was, like, I think maybe 10 that she kind of went, wait a minute. Not everybody looks like that, but up to that point in their life, they're like, oh, that's just dad. That's just how dad's skin looks. My kids do this day. <laughs> that's just how dad's Yeah. He just was born that way, my, and everybody was born differently. My kids don't acknowledge any of my tattoos other than the ones that I've gotten since they've been, like, aware. Oh, so when one changes. Yeah, if I get a new one, like if I fill in an empty space or right. I just got the other side of my neck done, they acknowledge it. And they're like, dad, let me see your tattoo. Singular. Like, that's the one tattoo that they acknowledge. But all this that's other stuff so is strange. just in here. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. and you, But you're still actively getting tattooed. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't help it. I, I feel incomplete. Still? Yeah. Well, i, I got to finish my neck, and then I'm going to... So you're going to get the entire neck done? Yeah, just because I feel weird. I was I felt very... Uh, <laughs> you could see flesh on uneven. my neck. Well, I just yeah. felt uneven. I had the one side, and then the throat, and then the other side was empty, and I felt like I looked incomplete and... Probably some sort of psychological issue. That probably. I, have, but, I would think know. so. But now there's stuff on both sides, so what's next? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Now you're complete. Maybe you're finished. I mean, technically, I could be. Right. But right. I'll have to figure something out. Wow, my God. So what about, uh, uh, we talked on the wrestling podcast about Dusty Rhodes and what a big influence he was on you because, you know, a lot of people might know or not know this, but Dusty Rhodes was the, uh, he, he taught everybody at the NXT Performance Center, at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, all the new guys coming up learn promos and, and wrestling psychology and all that stuff, which is arguably one the most, if not one of the more important aspects of this thing, through Dusty Rhodes. Did you have any connection with Roddy Piper? You know, I, I was bummed out when I got the news about that. Um, I didn't really know him well. I'd mm-hmm. met him a handful of times. He did, I can honestly say, he had a personality that within... 30 seconds of talking to him, you felt like you've known him your whole life, and he was just incredibly friendly and just polite, and uh, he was awesome to be around, and the stories he had were great. But I, I wasn't really particularly close with him. But. Was he one of the – who did you look up to when you were growing up? I mean, I, I came up when it was like – it was Hogan, Warrior. Yeah. You know, Warrior was kind of my all-time favorite when he I was, was a your guy. kid. Yeah. He was your guy. So what about Hogan? Like when, when Hogan goes and gets himself in trouble, are you just like – yeah, you know, you got to move on. It's just business, and just, yeah. you just wash your hands of it and just go about the next day. And that was, you know, just, just keep just keep moving. It was dumb. That's yeah. what me and all my, me and my friends were always saying. Like, just like Hogan, like you have, like you're back. He's it was just dumb. Yeah, hey, you, you don't get you don't get successful because you're smart all the time. You know? <laughs> no, I guess not. I guess not. Well, although sometimes you do. For instance, Corey Graves, very very smart person. 
I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, he might I, as well. I, you know, it could be argued. It could be disputed. Well, listen, everybody, uh, if you want to see Corey Graves, if you want to watch him in action, it's not tough to find. Just get the WWE Network, and he's on every other show. I'm on all the time, 24 hours a day. And and I'll tell you this. The first time I met Corey Graves, he came up to me. Is at the Performance Center. It wasn't even that long ago. It was probably less than a year ago. Yeah, probably. That's how much things have changed for you. You came up to me and said, hey, Sam, I just want to introduce myself to you. I'm like, yeah, I know who you are, dude. (laughs) And you were like, yeah, no, I watch you on doing stuff on the network. Yeah. That's cool. You're a professional broadcaster. Right. And then, like, within six months, you're on every show that the network has to offer. I had goals, man. I got to go after him, you know? You did it. You did it. You should be very proud of yourself is what I'm saying. Well, I appreciate that. You should be. And your children should be proud of you. Next time you come up here, bring your kids with you, and I will tell them how they should be looking at their father. Right on. I appreciate that. Yes. When I had I went to go visit Agent M over at Marvel when my yeah, kids yeah, yeah. were in town and my wife attempted to push a baby stroller through a revolving door, <laughs> which led to one of the most entertaining and hilarious moments I've seen recently. No, no, honey. That's why they have both. That's why Yeah, right. That's why they have both. Yeah, you know, live and learn. Yeah. So hey, real quick, there's something I gotta I gotta promote while I'm here. Tell, I, I know you, this is all about promotion. Well, I saw you looking at your phone, and I was like, he better have something to promote, otherwise he's being rude and no, looking at texts. No, I would never, I Good. would never read. I have texts that I have not read, but I am, I'm checking. I have to have this reminder. We are doing this awesome thing. WWE is in conjunction with uh, SummerSlam called Answer the Call. It's for the families of fallen New York officers and firefighters. Um, there's all sorts of like celebrities involved, Mark Messier and, and wow. Stone Cold, John Cena, all these different celebrities. Um, it's a, it's a charity benefit fund and we're doing it with SummerSlam at Barclays cause it's right here in New York uh-huh. and you can go to charitybuzz.com backslash WWE to get all the details about it. And what's being, is it, is it like an auction? There's all sorts of like experiences. It doesn't oh, cool. specify. I imagine you get to do something cool with, uh, I, I read the, the email and I was like, I hope I get to play hockey with Mark Messier. Yeah. And I get to slash him about the wrist like Adam Graves did to Mario Lemieux and get some sort of retribution from my hockey youth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was in New York at the time. I'm like a Pittsburgh for, kid, man. Right. And that was, that was you know, soul-crushing to me. Messier was God around here. Yeah, no, he was awesome. I love him. But I figure, you know, it's never too late for a little revenge. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, yeah, and, and like I said, I don't know exactly what the experiences are. I'm sure the, the website will have all the details. But it's just, you know, usually when we do stuff like that, you get get to hang out, get to have lunch, get to, you yeah, know. Yeah, WWE is always good at, 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 at especially when, the, when they're doing, like, charity stuff. Usually when they put together those packages, they're pretty incredible. They're pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Anything we do like that that I've gotten to be a part of has been really awesome. So yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, definitely everybody check out the website, uh, charitybuzz.com. Is that right? Slash WWE. Charitybuzz.com slash WWE. You can get something cool, which would be my motivation for it, but- It's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. You get to help uh, firefighters you and You win and... twice. Right. Right. And, of course, you can watch uh, Culture Shock. And you can watch the Raw pre-show, and you can watch the pay-per-view pre-show, and you can watch NXT shows. If you have the WWE Network and you turn it on, at some point, you'll see a man uh, in a very nice suit and tattoos. That's Corey Graves. Well, I appreciate that. However, I, when you're hearing you say all these things that I do, yeah. I'm now worried that if for some reason the WWE Network were to not be a rousing success, mm-hmm. I might be held solely responsible. I could be at this point. I would think so. I, I think w- I'm on more than pretty much anybody in the company. Yeah, I think so. And I would... Yeah, I would blame you, but I'm reading all these Wall Street articles, and apparently the WWE Network is indeed a rousing success. I want more money now. Right, and because with that same logic, that is your responsibility. You brought the <laughs> network 
to the heights that it is now. Right on. Right on. Thanks for hanging out, Corey Graves. Thank you for having me, man. And uh, make sure you check out everything he's doing. Here is Sam Roberts. Is Yeah, Sam Roberts back. Thanks to Corey Graves for being on the radio show and for being a guest on the podcast. He's the only person. Nobody's even been on the podcast twice. Corey Graves has been on three times now, so congratulations to Corey Graves. Uh, just a fun guy, fun guy to hang with, uh, and an interesting guy. Uh, it's great to, to check in on him. It's really, you feel like it's been a long time, but it's only been, what, months, not years, that Corey Graves has been uh, such a major part of WWE Network, but he really, really has. He's getting a lot of opportunities, and he's doing an uh, excellent job, I think, with everything he's being given. All right, time to do it. Stay to wrestling time. Uh, you all know Katie Linendahl, favorite now of the podcast. I get complaints when she's not a part of the State of Wrestling show. Here she is this week as part of the State of Wrestling. Uh, Take it away, Finkel. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. It's all right if you're feeling angry. Welcome to the State of Wrestling with Katie Linendahl joining me as per usual, I guess. you know, I like that sometimes you're here, sometimes you're not. Because you know what it does? It reminds people... How valuable you are. Yeah, it's like dating. You don't always want to make yourself 100% available. You don't. You don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. You're like, I'm busy. I, I made plans tonight. Really, I'm watching wrestling. Yeah. But they don't need to know that. They don't. They don't. I'm reading a Nat Geo. <laughs> super busy. Speaking of uh, super busy, Katie and I made reference, and I made reference to, I did a podcast from Orlando, Florida. It's like almost a month ago at this point. But uh, you remember I made reference to the fact that Katie and I were at the Performance Center. We were. Well, if you, I probably the most direct way to find the article is if you go to at uh, not Sam or at Katie Linendahl on Twitter. If you haven't seen it yet, but Katie and I covered the WWE Performance Center for Men's Journal. It's pretty awesome, actually. It's very awesome. We got to put together an article and a video. We got an exclusive, like, full, 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 full tour from Albert, who's the new head trainer. Yep. Uh, we talked to Sasha Banks, which was like, for me, it was like, okay, but Katie really wanted to. Right. Um, uh-huh. And then we also, that and it. <laughs> we also talked to uh, Tyler Breeze and Enzo and Big Cass, who you should know by now are favorites of ours. But yeah, we just got to talk about I don't the also performance want to nerd center. Out, the, but yeah. we also got to talk to some executives behind the scenes, and I learned stuff that I didn't know about, like the technology happening yes. in the facility, the twenty four seven stream back to Stanford. I don't want to spoil it. How everything's controlled. Pretty cool. Very and cool. I actually have covered a lot of pieces in technology on the iPad side for NFL, right. for ESPN, and this was actually kind of falling into that category about how high tech. The facility was. So it's worth a read, peeps. Yeah, you can either go to mensjournal.com and search WWE and you can find it that way, or just go to Not Sam or Katie Linendahl on Twitter and the links will be, I don't know, one of the last few tweets that either one of us have tweeted. Uh, and there's a nice, there's like a six and a half minute video. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are illiterate, like me, yes. You don't have to read the article, just watch the video. Great for people like you. It's all good, it's perfect. And may I just say, we also brought drones into the facility. That not only – let's not uh, out, uh, undersell yourself, Katie Linendahl, <laughs> because not only did we bring drones into the WWE Performance Center, 
We were the first people to ever bring a drone into the WWE Performance Center. We got you. You look at that video. This is not a low-budget production when Sam and Katie are involved. No, when you put Sam Roberts and Katie Linendahl on the same bill. This is the A-team. Yeah, you're going to get the highest quality product you can Mm -hmm. imagine. You look at that video that's on Men's Journal. And you look at the shot. Oh, that looks like a dolly shot or a drone shot. It is a drone shot. Correct. And you're like, I've never seen anything like that before because there's never been a drone shot ever in the performance and center. And it wasn't even necessary. But no, it wasn't. But we just do it just because we can. Well, that's, what, that's the, the... I have a fleet of drones and I bring them where I want. Right. Those are the meetings that Katie and I have. Uh-huh. We start going over like, what can we do? And since we're both such geeks, we just go <laughs> every meeting we have. And we insist on having meetings pretty much every day. Yes. And every meeting we have... It just goes up and up and up. And one day Katie goes to me and she goes, hey, should I bring drones to the Performance Center? Yeah. And I'm like, like to film? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I think you should. Okay, good. All right. Cool. She writes drones. Cool. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, check out the video and check out the article. Um, it's very well written and it's uh, it's us. So you'll enjoy it. Speaking of enjoying things, I wanted to before we get into Raw, because you know we're going to get into WWE and it's going to dominate so much to get into the state of wrestling. Real quick, I really try to cover other organizations because I don't want this to be a WWE podcast. Of course, Corey Graves was on the show today, um, and we'll talk about NXT and we'll talk about everything. But there's a couple of things going on. Are you going to talk about the drunken swashbuckler? No, no. Have you no, been from I, the car wash? I don't have any anything PWS related oh. this week. This week, maybe oh, next. Speaking of events, though. I'm not ready to make the announcement because I don't have confirmation on some details. But I want everybody listening to this. Because keep – if you're coming into New York, if you're going to be in New York, SummerSlam week, keep Thursday afternoon free. Okay, You're not going to announce it today? I, I, can't, I don't have anything to announce yet. Officially, officially, officially. And I don't want to look like a fool, Katie. I don't know if you know that about me, but that's the one thing I can't stand is looking like a well, fool. Well, that's already happened. Yeah, maybe you're right. But I can't make the full announcement. But what Ship I will say. sailed on that. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll put out a bonus State of Wrestling podcast Ooh. at some point to make the announcement announcement. But Thursday. Before SummerSlam. Afternoon. That afternoon. It's only like 2 o'clock. Keep maybe, it free. Maybe. Keep it free in New York. Okay? Because – and this isn't just like, oh, what are we having? Like a get-together at a bar? It's a lot better than that. Yeah. It's a lot better than that. Don't undersell yourself, Sam right. Roberts. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going all out. And all I got, out. I got the assistance of one uh, fine KL. Hype girls on board. That's right. And so it's 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 and, not going to be a joke. It's and, not going to be a game. I'm, I'm getting really excited for it. And you are? I, I made a purchase last night. You did? I know you didn't want any prizes, but you no. know I love my prizes. Yeah, I, yeah and, you do. And there may be a Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, my gosh. Filled with gadgets. All right, listen. Okay, we're going to ruin it. Just keep Thursday free, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen, okay? Just trust me on this one. If, if anything, if you listen to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, the one thing you know is you can trust me. Now. I promise it won't be uh, as uh, as disappointing as some of the audio issues were. Triple A was on pay per view. I don't know if you know about this. It's Mexico, uh, and Triple A did a pay per view. Rey Mysterio was on the pay per view, dressed up like Birdman. You know how he does the superhero entrances. Mm-hmm. This one, he did a full out Birdman outfit. It looked pretty incredible. Hmm. It was a high budget thing, but. I'm all for all these organizations. I loved over the holidays when New Japan did that uh, uh, live pay-per-view. Um, I love that these organizations are finding ways to tap into the American fan. And I think AAA 
has a reason for being with American fans uh, because Lucha Underground is so popular. And it's like this is this is where it comes from, and I think a lot of fans can be educated on that. So I think, yeah, I mean, a, a good amount of people bought the AAA pay-per-view over the weekend, but, like, the first half of the pay-per-view was just chock full of audio issues. Did Bigfoot show up? Bigfoot did not show up. Oh. Unfortunately not. No, you did not miss that. But, you know, I know it's easy to say from a Monday morning quarterback position, but if you're a triple A in New Japan, if you're exposing your product to a new audience for the first time. Like what kind of audio issues? You gotta really break that down. Like the audio was cutting out. Like how many times? A lot. It was pretty bad. It was really bad. Like it was noticeable. And if you're if you're if you're exposing your product to a new audience for the first time, that just can't happen. Like that's just one of those things I know it's live T V, like, you know, you do what you can, but mm-hmm. that can't happen. Cause all like immediately that leaves people the next time AAA tries to do a pay per view, there's going to be a, a sect of people that are going to be sitting there going, How much ah, was the pay per view? I don't remember. To me, money is no object. I also didn't uh-huh. order it. Uh-huh. So, but, <laughs> but I don't know how much the pay per view was, but it was a pay per view. It was, you know, whatever, 50, probably 40, 50 bucks. I don't know. I mean, one can complain. I mean, we referenced the Pacquiao fight last podcast, but that was a disaster too out the gate. It was a disaster. That was in and out. And yes, a lot of problems. But it wasn't. For the most can't part, can't say it hasn't happened before. No, but this was not Pacquiao numbers. This is AAA. I see your point. And boxing wasn't worried about exposing new people to boxing. Absolutely. Like I'm trying to win over a new audience. Right. That's the thing. Like even WWE, they've had issues before, and they can kind of afford to have issues. It's not good, but it's not crippling. And I, I worry like these these organizations that are doing pay per views now. You got to make sure at least right out of the gate that that's not happening. Pull it together, right? Because that's how your organization is going to be stigmatized. Um, so there's that. I also want to talk for a second about TNA. There's one. Here's the weird. This is weird to me. There's one interesting storyline going on right now in TNA, and that's the idea. <laughs> one interesting storyline. It's, it's Bigfoot. It's an improvement, and it's Bigfoot. I'm it's not going to talk the whole podcast about it. <laughs> this is like drinking bingo. But you're super but excited about Bigfoot. I am. Yeah. It's Global Force Wrestling and TNA are doing like an invasion angle where Global Force Wrestling, which is Jeff Jarrett's organization, is coming in and invading TNA. So Kurt Hawkins is showing up there and all these guys, Justin Gabriel, all these guys that are with Global Force Wrestling. The problem is, for me, Global Force Wrestling doesn't have TV. It's never been on pay-per-view and it's done like three live shows ever. How can a non-established organization invade anything? Like Global Force Wrestling doesn't mean anything. So I don't know if it's going to be possible for anybody. Everybody's going to be able to get behind these wrestlers, you know, that are involved in Global Force. But I, I guess it's good for Global Force. I just don't know why TNA is 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 doing that. Because like if you are competing at all with an organization that doesn't exist, it's like how low on the totem pole are you? I, I got to be honest, this sounds about as stimulating as back-to-back episodes of the Antique Roadshow. I mean, good sell. You're not into it. No. <laughs> no not as a matter of fact, I got somewhere to be later, so if you want to wrap this point up, that'd be okay. great. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> did I mention AAA? <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give you your WWE, Katie. Yes! Let's get into it. There's a lot going on. Before we get to Raw, let's talk about NXT. Let's so talk about NXT. We got a ladder match, people. <laughs> yes, we got a ladder match in an arena that is officially sold out. Sold out. That's big news. Corey Graves was on here. Uh, and the clip from the, the Corey Graves interview was actually from my Sirius XM show, which uh, was live on Monday, the day that they announced that the Barclays was sold out. Yep. 
here's my concern. They initially planned on doing this NXT TakeOver show for a Barclays Center that was cut off, meaning 5,000 people. A, a crowd similar to what was there in San Diego when we went and they had that amazing show. This crowd is well over double that. It's 13,000. It's the full Barclays Center. It's the, it's the same amount of people that are coming for SummerSlam. It's the first time I've heard your math be accurate. That's right. Good job. Thank you very much. No that, I actually, I practiced that for a while before you got here. <laughs> you, were, you carried the one. I did. Okay. I did. And it was tough, but I got there. I was using fingers. Um, my concern is that I don't think anybody in the organization – in fact, I know. I have it on good authority that nobody in the organization expected – NXT was not meant to sell out the Barclays Center. When they booked the Barclays Center, they already had it booked that day. This show was not intended to sell out that building. Sounds like a good problem to have, though. What's Here's my problem. Okay. When you're under the radar, you can get away with a lot creatively. And when you – trust me, I know. At SiriusXM, listeners – lots of listeners pay attention to my show, but nobody who works at the company pays attention, which is great. And t- Katie's looking at me like, you don't – what do you – you don't say that. What are you saying that for? Listen, it, it's a great – problem to have because I can do whatever I want and I can develop it into something that's really cool. I worry, and maybe it's because I hold NXT like it's my baby and I think you feel the same way. Like it's our thing. Like it's this little thing that now that it's getting bigger and bigger, not only are more people finding out about it, but once Vince McMahon and and the higher powers in WWE, not the higher power that Vince McMahon was with the Ministry of Darkness, but the higher powers in WWE realize how big NXT is and that they can sell out a building like the Barclays Center and how much money there is to be made off of NXT. Are you at all worried that Triple H will not have the kind of full creative control that he has now? Like meaning somebody's going to say, wait, 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 wait. This is a bigger deal than I thought it was. Triple H, this can't just be your toy. Like we have to start investing into this and, and really seeing what the potential is for this. And that could be death. I definitely see your point. And I think that's a scary proposition. That's right. But I think if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think that's Triple H's argument if he were to have one. I feel like Vince isn't touching NXT at all. He isn't now, but it, mm, let me tell you something. It's doing too well to have somebody step in. Mm-hmm. What if it's Vince? Who thinks, but Vince thinks that he's like the smartest but man feel, in the world. But, but Triple H is family now. He is family. He's doing so well. Why, why when you change say, anything? When you can, he's working so well, when you say, Dad, leave me alone. Like, Dad, let me take care of it. Okay, son. That's Triple H events. I know this might be tangential, but I also thought this in, in – I don't want to digress over to Rob, but I do want to make one small point. Yes. I thought, like, even with Kevin Owens with some of the moves he's been pulling off. Yes. Over the top, fly Owens, fly. I mean, they're incredible. I feel like some of that would have been taken down once he got to main roster. I feel like there's still – There's kind of this era that's been entering where they're letting them have a little bit more – of flexibility and leeway of character. Who am I to say? I have I no idea. I call it the Ring of Honor era. Yes. <laughs> You're just looking at but Ring of Honor from six years ago. Even I would. more than I would. Yeah, the fact that Cesaro and Kevin Owens are one of the top matches at SummerSlam. But, and they're, they're get- but the moves they're getting And they're through. getting to do whatever they want to do. Like, they're getting to do their moves. Not WWE moves, but their moves. You know, are you going to see Kevin Owens do a package pile driver? I don't think so. But... You're 100% right. Cesaro and Kevin Owens are both doing moves. So is Seth Rollins, for that matter. All these guys, the Ring of Honor guys, are doing moves that, yeah, you're right, would normally not be allowed. Maybe. And, and really, for, to spin it positively, too, I feel like 
now that they've got this mass audience, and by the way, the difference between this and San Jose is it's airing on the network. Yes. Now they really have and, to perform. And the expectations are higher, so I say it's great. It's airing on the network, meaning people could have stayed home and watched it on TV and they didn't. If something's airing on TV, it's harder to sell tickets. Be- I, it's New York, though. Be- I, that's what I mean. They still sold it out. That's crazy. It is crazy, but I'm I'm actually not surprised. You're not surprised they I'm sold not. out the whole building? No. I didn't think they would sell out the whole building. I didn't think they would. I was surprised. Yeah, okay, maybe I'm in the I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, look, if you 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 could have more more faith than me and you'd be right. So, I can't Summer fault Slam you for not weekend. being surprised. I know, but I didn't think it would sell as many tickets to SummerSlam. How many did San Jose sell? 5, 4 or 5,000, yeah. Yeah, this is like Significantly over double. This is like a hundred and now ten percent, with names coming in like Liger, right? Jushin Thunder Liger. Is that a one-off or is that that's a one-off? Okay, that's so is that a now th- a new thing for NXT? Is they're going to have like? Well, I think NXT is is designing themselves to now, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing to tell you the truth, but they're now designing themselves to compete with indie wrestling. That's an indie wrestling move to bring in Jushin Liger for the big show. PWS did it three years ago. Ring of Honor does it. Like, that's that's an indie wrestling move. To have Jushin Liger on this stage is a much bigger deal than any of those organizations, and WWE knows that. But it's the same way. To me, I there's no way Rhino's going to the main roster. Well, you said Samoa Joe in your There's opinion. no way Samoa Joe's going to the main roster. I think both those guys, and it's an indie wrestling philosophy, are there to not be WWE products and to to be draws specifically to only draw people to NXT. You're not going to see those guys at the performance center. You're not going to see those guys anywhere. They're not they're not training. They're not going to the main roster in my mind. Hmm. They're there to make NXT bigger and to make stars. They're there so when NXT gets rated as they are now, they've got no divas left. They're exclusively NXT except for Bailey and uh, Alexa Bliss and and Blue Pants. And, you know, and they're losing and, and Kevin Owens is gone and Sami Zayn's injured and all this stuff. So, you know, you got to have a Samoa Joe there so that there's still a headline match for Finn Balor. Otherwise, you know, Tyler Breeze is going to be busy. But that's a new move for WWE to get these one-offs. Yes, it is. But the whole NXT experience is a new move for WWE. The idea that this thing... More reason to keep it going as is. Corey Graves said... That when he was, he was in FCW, Corey Graves, this was before NXT. This was before they were in full sale. They were uh, wrestling in warehouses for 100 people. And it was Graves, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. They couldn't sell 100 tickets. Wow. They couldn't sell 100 tickets. Wow. You know, and now. Do you say that's the power of the network? I think it's the power of a couple things. I think and, it's and definitely some huge stars coming in from the indie scene. I think it's the network. I think it's the way they're bringing stars in because those guys were stars from the indie scene, but they weren't brought in. Like, look at these independent guys we signed. Like that was you're talking about Tyler Black and John Moxley and and guys that were and 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 Brody Lee and guys that were known on the indie scene. Maybe not quite as as big of a deal, but it's also it's Triple H. It's Triple H turning it into a full brand. That's Triple H's vision. It's Triple H's vision of coupling the Performance Center with a mini version of WWE and then bringing in a great writer that they have. You know, it, it's 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 all that combined and, of course, the power of the network and the fact that they're putting on really good TV once a week for an hour. I think what I'm most excited for is the next batch 
You've from NXT. Keep, this can't be lightning in a bottle. Well, gotta th- keep that that's going to be a big moment for Brooklyn because uh, UHA Nation, Apollo Crews now, is going right? to be debuting in Brooklyn. So he's, I think, that movement. And then, so you're going to be left with, once the injuries are cleared, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, UHA Nation. Is Hideo still floating? Hideo will be back once he's done you know, with his injury. Finn, you know, I guess Enzo and Cass will be there for a while. But yeah, you wonder uh, you wonder what's next for NXT. You and on wonder. that female side, because that broke some serious grounds. Yeah, I mean, it redefined women's wrestling. They should write about that for Rolling Stone. Maybe they have. Maybe they will. Maybe we did. Maybe. If you build it, they will come. Let's talk about Raw. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know what you want to talk about. The end. Yeah. And a certain cash-in situation. That's correct. But that, bef- That's where it's time for me to run. Before we my get... My mouth. Right. Before I give you that opportunity. Number one, I thought it was funny that uh, Rollins, he set up Randy Orton for the Randy Orton DDT off the, you know, off the second rope. Yep. And Michael Cole yelled out, uh, vintage Rollins. It's like that's not even Rollins' move. That would be Orton's move. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just get a kick out of that. I, you know you're in a good place, though, not to digress from your point there, but when anyone says that's vintage you, yes. you know, that's a good place to be, yes. even though it wasn't even accurate. It wasn't accurate in that vintage situation. Vintage Sam Roberts. I will say this. I don't know what vintage Sam Roberts is. Maybe uh, cheering for the Divas is vintage Sam Roberts. No, because you cheer for the Divas now. But I know, but I'm cheering for them now, and they're like, when people see me cheering for them now, they're like, oh, he's been doing that forever. That's vintage Sam Roberts. You're not making any sense. Just shut up. That's what it is. That's what the vintage thing is. When you do something that's like, oh, he's always done that. No. Next. So anyway. Like, it's like a limit date. Next. <laughs> anyway, I'm not leaving. It's my show. <laughs> you're the side. Uh, uh, you're the. Uh, Were you going to call me a side? I was going to say sidekick, but then I was like, but you call yourself something else. And then I almost said hype girl. Hype girl. Hello. When sidekick meets hype girl, I was going to say side piece. Yes. That was but jacked up, man. I didn't say it. I feel like I have more value on this part. And by the way, I wrote a rider this week, which we're <laughs> going to get to. I have, I'm, enough is enough and it's time for a change. And I wrote a rider this week. What do you I have th- demands. You better be a Zack Ryder. Listen. Yeah. That was a wrestling woo, pun. Woo, woo, Did you hear the reaction? That our divas got. It was amazing. If you're not going to start with the submission sorority story, though, no, 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 you're going to get who's, mad at me for not reminding. Who's you. the submission sorority? What's their new name? Team PCP. PCP is their name. <laughs> That's what I thought they said. And I was like, it's not better. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do it's that? Not, don't do that. So it's gone from bad to worse. <laughs> they found out submission sorority. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I feel like you're the only one that. Where did you dig that up though? Because uh, every guy ever. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this that is, was this, this is a Catholic girl on the other end of this mic. Right. Unfortunately, uh, uh, before WWE was able to get uh, submission sorority, Bang Bros. Got their hands on submission sorority. Yeah. So uh, a quick Google of trying to find photos of your favorite divas trifecta, and you'd find, well, it's a different trifecta. Let's just put it that way. So it was. It but was boy, did those submission. sorority girls submit. You know what I'm saying, Linda Dahl. The podcast has reached an all time low. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so like, there's no, but like, they, there was like no reference of it. They don't just, make me as afraid of this podcast as I am of your serious XM. Yeah, show. I, I, I am, I'm taking a sabbatical <laughs> from Sam's <laughs> radio show because there's a little more edge to it, I yeah. guess. Uh, but it's out of my league. Yeah, you only have edge when we're doing the. Uh, by the way, there is as much as Katie and I are great follows on Twitter while Raw is on. Yeah. There is an even better. If you think that we're just a couple of nerds that are doing a private text Twitter feed uh, back and forth the entire time Raw was on, Mm -hmm. you would be absolutely right. Of course, that's happening. True story. That's where all the great tweets come from. But. True story. They were in there. I'm watching this Divas match. And you have Nikki Bella and Brie Bella. And everybody's in there. They're chanting main roster Divas in the ring. And the whole building is chanting, we want Sasha. We want Sasha. I'm glad that you're here, Katie, because you're going to know that I was the first, first person on this bandwagon. I got you your back on this one. The first. You were like, what? Like, I told you I was obsessed with Sasha Banks, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, from NXT? I was like, yeah, just wait. And then you saw a couple of matches. You were like, I'm right on board, Roberts. I'm with you. Then everybody followed suit. Everybody followed suit. Sasha's a huge star. Charlotte's a huge star. How great was that one moment on Raw? When it was just Charlotte and Sasha in the ring together. So good. I, Charlotte's my favorite. She's amazing. The, the diva revolution. I, I, can't, I, I feel I respect like that. watching her, she just is just always ready and on. Like She just wants to get in there and tear things up. She does. She's for you real. You see it in her eyes. She's a beast. She is a beast. She, and she legitimately wants to headline a pay-per-view. Correct. Soon. Yep. Like she's not waiting for her turn. But I feel like, too... The show is her and Sasha because they've worked each other so much and they're so they're, they're, and they're so, so good. good. Yep, it's and that's like, like I mean, th- let them shine. You know, and you can say this about a, a lot of pairings. You know, I could watch Kevin Owens and John Cena forever. I think John Cena and CM Punk is one of the best matches there is. Uh, but there is more of a Batman Joker vibe between Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Well, and I feel like it's than not- anything I've ever seen. Yes, and. The fact that she gets to display dis- we're supposed to do it. Yes, and <laughs> she gets to display her how good she is. Yes, and <laughs> good pairings make other, both people look good. And they're and they're being given an opportunity, and that's a big thing. You know, I can tell you that Vince McMahon does not watch NXT every week. Like he's not. He's too busy. He's doing other stuff. And I can tell you that he he watched the show from San Jose. And he was surprised by a lot of what he saw. He couldn't believe the reactions that Charlotte and Sasha were getting. He didn't under he was confused. He didn't understand it. Like it was beyond him that this would be something you would even do. Like this would ever happen or anything you would work toward. Um I think there's a good shot that he's seeing I mean, it probably helps that Ronda Rousey's out there. It probably helps that, you know, females are looking you know, Amy Schumer's out there in the comedy world. Like as strong as females look in in every aspect of life, um, that probably helps. But I, I think that there's a good shot that there's stronger, stronger. I think that there's a good shot that uh, that people are in Vince's ear going, "You got to give this NXT stuff a chance." All right, Katie. The match of the night mm-hmm. was a world title match between Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Check. Sheamus comes in, money in the bank briefcase. What happens? Next. What happens next, Sam, is RefGate. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter last yeah, night. Yeah, and I, I courtesy that to Jeff Carl Sonola because he says 
this whole ridiculous Refgate situation, it's just gone. It's gotten out of hand, Sam. Do you think so? Yeah. And you know my complaints on this. And I don't want to sit here and have another soliloquy about how pissed off I am about the, the, the zebra situation. I mean, you had a WWE referee tweeting with you last night arguing with you. And that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm allowing them, if, if you will, it's yes. your show, to come on and defend themselves. I've talked to a referee with you. <laughs> they said that it's not their fault. Well, you're talking about Charles Robinson. You're talking about Jack Cohn. You're talking about a lot of different officials that you have had issues with. It's not just a one-off. No, it's not. I want replacement refs, and I want them right now. We weren't even sure about the Asian referee. I'm not sure of his name. Yeah. But we are sure about what Jeff Cohn. I think that's his name. I mean, well, the guy had – okay, so you know my complaint is always they have one job to count to three, right? That's it. Last night he had two, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Two jobs. He had to ring the bell. Right. He didn't even he have to, to ring the bell. He had to call the for the bell to be rung. He was confused. Yeah, he's just – and this referee texting uh, or tweeting you is saying, no, Seamus's fault. They stick together like yeah, rats. Like rats. You know, because I'd have your back if you were wrong. Right. Well, actually, you're pretty wrong. Uh, you're wrong often, and I always have your back. You literally so, just didn't have my back just then when you just said that just now. That's true. Is it just, I mean, an example of you not having well, my back. What's, you pointed it out for no reason That was whatsoever. my mulligan. Okay. That's cool. So shut up. Everybody gets a blackjack mulligan. Yeah. Boom. Wrestling pun. Yeah. I'm going to start trying to squeeze those in everywhere. Good. Go on. Speaking of ref- wrestling puns, Robert Inman, because I love talking to you guys on Twitter, as you know, he also says it's time for a ref- revolution. Revolution. That's what That's we good need. That's too. A WWE revolution. I'm not going to sit here I think we and know complain what signs about we're, the same thing every week. I think we know what signs we're bringing to SummerSlam. Revolution signs. Yeah. I might make one. Yeah. Cross off divas and just write revolution. I hate revolution. carrying those in, though. I hate carrying signs in. Yeah. It's so inconvenient. Sorry, champagne problems. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Linendahl. Oh, it's so hard. And then I have to walk all the way down to the floor where my seats are, <laughs> carrying this poster the whole time. It's like my seats may be close, but it takes me the longest to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what do you say? We have them on? I would love to have a referee on. And I want you, if we have one of the WWE if I, if officials we're doing on, it, I'm going hard on him. You do your research. I, I'm going to Matt Lauer him. Good. Because I'm a big Matt Lauer fan, as you know. That's right. And he gives a good interview. And he does. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Every time the Today Show gets a liar on their show, whether it's uh, Brian Williams, in my opinion, or whatever, I'm speaking for me, whether it's Brian Williams, whether it's uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, whether it's any of these guys that get caught lying, who's the guy that interviews them every time? Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer every time. I've called him on my radio show the liar whisperer because he can get in there, okay? And you're going to channel that. Yeah. He's like a performance art, and I'm going to channel it. Good. It's about time somebody did and held these referees to a certain standard. Exactly. But I will say, and I'd like to switch gears for a moment. Whoa. I'm going to pump the brakes because I'm getting upset. <laughs> uh, I was impressed, and I feel like you and I need to retract our statements on how we thought this Stephen Amell situation was going to play out. That man is like a spider monkey. He jumped in that ring, and he put on a pretty darn good performance and promo. I was Would psyched. you agree? I mean, to pull that off, like, what, two weeks before SummerSlam? Yeah. He jumped over the top rope. He cleared the top rope. He looked believable jumping stardust. 
He had a good promo backstage, and he's really going for it. He tweeted out, I think it was either late last night or early this morning, a picture of his yes. fist while he was driving with silver face paint on it and said it was better than a bruise. He's going uh, ham. So wait, how thing. does this work? This, this is Neville and him? It's Neville and Stephen Amell versus Stardust and Wade Barrett. Oh, okay. Which I think is a good scenario. I was worried that they were going to make like Neville with Stephen Amell. That's what make I him a referee, make him a whatever. The fact that he's in a tag match means he'll be protected, which he's got to be. He's not working a full singles match. It's ridiculous. But he's, he's going to get in there. I think he's going to commit to it. That's the vibe I get from watching him, that he's going to commit to it. I think he's going to impress us. Look, Snooki was able to pull off some pretty impressive spots that year at WrestleMania. Okay? Luckily, she was in a tag match. So she went in, she did her spots, she got out. Perfect. That's what you want. That's what you want out of a celebrity. Somebody who will learn a couple spots and then get out of the way. I, I like, though, that you, to your point, he's going back and forth. Like, he's really getting into the scene. Because on Twitter, he was also he also reached out to Edge. Because he speared him, didn't he? Yes, he speared him and said, this is your move, Edge. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, no, now it's your move. It's called the arrow. Right. And he's in there with great, like, the fact that he's in there with Barrett, Stardust. Oh, they're going to make him and shine. And Neville, they're going to make him shine. You know what they did to Maria Menounos last time she wrestled? It was her third match. She had Eva Maria and Eva's second match. Oof. Maria's like, what are you putting me in the ring as the experienced person? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And Eva's like, I still don't know what I'm doing to this day. <laughs> Brian Kendrick me all day long. All read everything. You think all read everything is going to be in Brooklyn? I'm going to say the opposite of yes, which is no. I bet she will be. I bet she will be. Oh, you mean for NXT? Yes, of yes, course. Yes, she'll be fair for NXT. Of course she will. All right, Lindendahl, let's wrap this thing up. Oh! <laughs> wait, wait, I just want to make a special announcement to let you guys know that all the prize packs from the Tatanka t-shirt winners <laughs> and the Tatanka Loves Barbecue contest have been shipped out, and it's not happened without injury. Uh, you're not in the studio. Sam is in the studio, obviously, and he can see the uh, slash I have across my arm. There's a giant red slash across her uh, right yeah. arm. In the mailroom. Looks like Mick Foley's scars. Right. It didn't come without injury getting your prizes out because 27 pounds of barbecue fell on me. <laughs> 27. In my mailroom. And it, the oh, it, no. it, I, We'll see. It was on the top shelf because I think the super puts it on the top shelf because he knows I'm like the size of an elf. Oh. So I have to like run jump and kind of like tip it off. He likes it. He, he likes he, that. He's like, yeah, she gets so many packages. I'm just going to put it on the top shelf. <laughs> so he puts it on the top shelf and I, I do like the run jump because it looks like a light box and I see that it's from WWE. So I tip it back and the whole shelf fell on me. Did you not remember what you ordered? Well, I, I don't know. I don't think I remembered anything. I think I had a concussion. Man, oh, man. Yeah, so it was brutal. But I just want to let you know I took one for the team, and all the prizes are out. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you for joining me, and we'll see you uh, next time right here. Follow Katie Lindendahl on Twitter, at Katie Lindendahl. Chelsea. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock Inventory Management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done.